Please be advised that in order to foster quality discussions in each episode, we will spoil the stories in each game and text we talk about. Good news is, 90% of the titles we cover are old enough that many of you might already know all about them. That said, we do encourage you to play and read before listening. Ace Harding's my moniker. Once a boxer, now a private eye. A private dick. <laughs> <laughs> why did I don't want to interrupt your intro, but why do they call them private dicks? What? You never heard that the private eyes are called private dicks. No, I never heard that. <laughs> yeah, that was what they called them. Who? Back then they just called them that. You ne- did you ever see Ace Ventura? Yeah. Remember when he's a private eye for animals and then she her insult to him is she calls him a pet dick? Because that's what they called him, dicks. Oh, I never knew that. Well, now you know. I'm, I'll, I'll put the, the more you know <laughs> with the music in there. I don't, yeah, I don't know why they called him uh, private dicks. You know what? You continue your intro. I'll look that I, up. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I mean. Dick Tracy? What? Do, they really like the word moniker. Yeah, they do. What was it? Was very unnatural. Moniker. Moniker. There's a lot of monikers in the the game, though. Yeah, but the way they used it. I don't know. Well, welcome to Arcade Bookshop, where we talk about video games and their literary counterparts for all of you who love to play and to read. Caleb, looking up things on your phone. Yes. Why did we choose this game? I mean, I know we chose it because you recommended it. And uh, it's another game that I never played growing up, but I thought was pretty interesting. But Well, it is a point-and-click game, which are a lot of fun, in my opinion. A lot of people don't like those games. But, you know, the original, sh- what is this, 1985, you said? That's when it came out, yeah. So these originally came out for computers, I believe, which were rudimentary at the time, uh, and often more bloody. So the big three for the NES were Shadowgate, Deja Vu, and Uninvited. But all point-and-click games, all different genres, and all a lot of fun with bumping music. And before we go any further, I just need you to know, Bryce. Okay. Dick is used as a slang term for detective, as in hiring a private dick to help locate her natural mother. This, I don't know, that's weird. (laughs) Natural mother, okay. Uh, This this is just how they threw that uh, example in there. This meaning may derive from the Roma slang deco, decker, from Romani dick, meaning to look. So it has nothing to do with a member or a Richard. It is is, uh, just a... uh, It actually comes from language? Yeah. Those That's, those versions of dick were all pronounced or spelled just like the last one was D I K. None of them were uh, spelled the same. But anyway, private dick, eh? And you know why I picked this game? Because it's quick to beat and it's fun. That's always a good reason to pick a game. Sometimes I you like, need a good puzzle game. You know, growing up, I always, I always, I when I heard a game was short, I was like, no, thank you. But as adults, it's it's nice to play something you know you're gonna finish for sure. Like, Sometimes you need the short thing to help you finish. Sometimes I don't think, it's, it's I don't long, think goes, she ever said that. <laughs> Sometimes if it goes too long, <laughs> you just can't finish, you know? <laughs> Get too beat up as you play. Uh, such is such is life. I hope the whole episode is not just awful innuendo since we started with the <laughs> private dick jokes. But uh, this game, <laughs> while being all, you know, a lot of fun, it is a puzzle-solving game, a point-and-click game, which means you just navigate this world and have to, in this case, solve a mystery because it is a crime noir, I believe, set in the 1920s. And I'm a big fan of crime noir, and I wanted to read some Raymond Chandler, which is basically why I wanted you to play the game. Yeah. You know, sometimes it starts with a game, and sometimes it starts with a book or a story, and I think this one just started with the... We wanted to read a certain type of thing, and that's how we got here. Yeah, basically. And Uh, and it's some... I mean, you played it as a kid, right? Yeah, I played uh I played Shadowgate as a kid. I don't remember Deja Vu. I played mm. Uninvited as a kid. Oh, okay. Which we might have discussed in the very first episode. A lot of people they talk about the price of video games being too high. Uh Nintendo games were like sixty bucks in nineteen eighty slash nineties money. Were like, they all sixty bucks? Like was this sixty bucks, do you think? I believe so. They were up that's, there. 
like heinous. In fact, <laughs> the original Nintendo uh, was very expensive. All the things were very expensive then. We're talking comparable to thousands of dollars in modern yeah. money. Like they were very expensive, which is why most of us got one game and we were stuck playing that. But I also vented, uh, rented a lot of video games yeah, from my true. movie store. That used to be a thing for you, millenn- not millennials, Gen Z kids. Mm-hmm. Who, I always forget I'm a millennial. It doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> for these Gen Z kids who uh, weren't around for such things. I'm not talking about Blockbuster, man. Independent movie rental stores mm. where you can rent video yeah. games, which is uh, sorely missed in my opinion. Did you ever have a, was there ever a, a video game rental store? I heard someone talk about that recently. A strict video game rental store? Yeah. Um. I'm sure there was, not around here. Hmm. I was listening to uh, Remember the Game, and he was he, he said it was a video game rental store, but I, I don't, maybe it was just the way he said it. Maybe he's full know. of hogwash. He's from Canada, too. But that Canada doesn't count. It's different. Yeah, it is. It's a different country. They have different laws and rules. You know what? Government. You know what? <laughs> it is a different country. Can, I, we get, can we talk about the game? I concede that. Can we talk about the game? <laughs> <laughs> We're very well prepared, folks. Don't don't believe otherwise. Well, anyway, the, the I guess our uh, what we started with here was that uh, it's a short game. Yeah, and uh, if you look at it's how... short, if you're if you can figure it out, <laughs> that's it's if you're not good true. at puzzle, it's very I, long and tedious. Before going into it, I I uh, I don't I don't know if you know about this, Caleb, but uh, oh yeah, by the way, I'm Bryce Yoli, and this is my pal and cousin uh, cousin in law. This is the third episode, man. They need to know us by now. <laughs> Caleb James. Maybe they're really big diehard Deja Vu fans and they skipped the Earthbound and Ray Bradbury episodes, though. Maybe you publish these in a different order. We don't know. None of them know. are released as of the recording of right. this. But yes, I am Caleb James, but, Bryce uh, Ole, and we are your fabulous host. Is that right? Yeah. Fabulous? Sure. I feel like we're not gritty and noir enough for this episode. We need to be like... I mean, we did start drinking. That helps. Yeah, we But did. not whiskey. No. We need, like, dirty, dirty bourbon. No, we're drinking sour beers like a couple of puss. We actually need really strong bathtub rye whiskey <laughs> or bathtub gin or something that was in a bathtub during Prohibition era. That would be uh, apropos. Ooh, a word I know, <laughs> but I pretend to know what it means. It's a harder, harsher version of appropriate, and it means the mm. same thing. It's just douches say it, don't they? Yes. Okay. Uh, anyway, so I, I look before I went into this game, uh, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> uh, there's this website called how long to beat.com. You ever go there? No, uh, because I ain't a puss, man. I just played the game until I finish. Well, <laughs> I, want, I was just curious. I was trying to decide what to get on next. And it was like an hour. It said, it said like two and a half to five and a half hours, which I think it took me probably like, I want to, uh, I mean, it might've been around there, like six to eight, I think, because I don't want to get into mechanics yet, but I basically it was my first time playing. It's like an exploration game, just like I mean, if you know about these point-and-click adventures like Shadowgate and Deja Vu and Uninvited, yeah, um, and you know, Deja stuff. Vu too for Game Boy, yeah. And it's, if you know about these, they're they're exploration-based, and you just you have to pick up items as you go along and like try to figure out the story and like what it's trying to tell you and like it hints it hints at uh what to look for to solve the problems that are you get clues yeah clues where the main problem is is a lot of times it's one of those what the fuck do i do now games yeah because oh i was supposed to combine these two items didn't realize it like a lot of that stuff usually because nes was very rudimentary and how they went about there's a whole genre of what they consider what the fuck do i do now i think of like simon's quest 2 in uh, NES in the 90s, where it's like, oh, you have to crouch against a wall for 30 seconds. Or an earthbound. Okay, that's good. Uh, yeah. Since we covered that. <laughs> Go behind the waterfall and just don't three move for minutes. three whole minutes. Like, there's a lot of that in the old in old style games. But the point and click games are a lot of those, like, unless you look it up, you're like, how would I have figured that out? Yeah. And if it's your first time through, it's just like, I mean, this one really wasn't that bad. But it still has its moments where you're like, I've done everything there is to do. How could you possibly have anything else for me to progress yeah. here? And I beat the game the first time years ago, and then and then I'm probably took me like really long, like you. And then I replayed it last night. I started eleven, finished at about almost twelve thirty. So it didn't take. And I 
forgot almost everything. I, I knew some of the main things that tied me up in the past, so that wasn't a problem, mainly the end, but I didn't really have to look anything up. I was able to get through it fairly quickly just by clicking and taking everything in my inventory, <laughs> figuring it out later. So basically, we, we didn't talk about like what it's actually about because it's it, the story is very thin, but it's, like we said, it's a crime noir game, and it's about this guy, you, you, the character you play at, who... Wakes up with amnesia. Uh, yeah, he regains consciousness with amne- with amnesia in a bathroom stall in a bar. and uh, Joe's bar. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's very basic. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you have to just navigate his surroundings to figure out, try to figure out who he is again and, and what happened to him. And it's like, it's real simple and it's cool. It, it sort of, it's sort of like, it's sort of like playing out a movie in a way with Nintendo graphics or like computer yeah. graphics. <laughs> I mean, you you replayed it. It was my first time, but so like if you if you're replaying it, like like it took me eight hours, but it took you like an hour and a half. So if you replayed it, it would, it would be short like that. But um, your first time is the is the experience, and because uh, it's like it's like personally solving a crime in a movie. Yeah, and or like one of those escape rooms. Yeah, that's, dur- that's exactly right. how they're set up. It's like, right, you right, need right. to figure out this clue. That's what exactly is this? How it is. Yeah, it's yeah. like an escape room. Only you get to go out in like the street, and like you- there's more than yeah. one room, obviously. And have the bullshit NES chance uh, come into play. Where are you going to get mugged? Yeah, <laughs> over and over and over right. again. Or are you just going to miss the muggers? Are you? And there's a slot machine too. We'll talk about that when we talk about the gameplay. Yeah. But there's a it- few things in the game that are. Uh, I don't remember the other ones having where it goes by chance where sometimes you round a corner and something mm-hmm. bad happens, sometimes you're fine. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I won't Which spend is kinda too much cheap. here. I won't, <laughs> I won't spend too much time here. I just want to like get through the, the basic outline of the story, but like I'm going to spoil it here if anyone wants, if anyone cares that, that hasn't played this, what, 35-year-old game. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they're probably older than that. But you find out someone drugged you to lose your memory and and they pin a whole crime on you and I think it had something to do with someone having an affair and then getting rid of his wife or something like that. Is that what it was? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Every crime, crime noir story, basically. The twist is you ha- don't remember that you're the private eye. That was right, supposed right. to solve the case, but then the murder is pinned on you because you were obviously tortured and uh, drugged. It's funny, though, because I feel like you... You know from the start, like you- yeah, obviously. <laughs> to me, like if it's not on the cover, I'm not sure if it is or not. But if it's not on the cover, you the trench coat and the gun kind of give, give it, it away. away. Yeah. Like I, you just figure that you're a detective who got who's in, involved in something and got jacked up. In 1985, this would have been an amazing story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I I actually wrote that. Like it's it's got its absurdities, but it's actually a really cool idea for the original Nintendo. And so you said this it had blood in the in the the computer versions of these games were more graphic. Yeah. So if you get shot or you know somebody gets shot, there's more blood. Hmm. Uh, this one, the only blood you see, I think, is if you punch the mugger and break his nose, you can see a little yeah, bit. And I didn't even do that. Yeah, I, I beat the shit out of that mugger. Yeah. Um, you can punch him up to three times, not four. Just a clue for you folks. If you get four times, he blams you. Just like in life. Blam it, yep. Uh, <laughs> also, Deja Vu, even though it's for the Game Boy, because it came out later, it is more, like, there's, a, I think, a bigger plot, and it's fun because you're, like, in Vegas. and it's Deja almost, Vu 2? Yeah, Deja Vu 2 is almost like the Godfather, or not Godfather, uh, Goodfellas. Oh. Like a casino, or, I'm thinking, of not Goodfellas, uh, casino. <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> a casino. It's set in Vegas, or, like, Nevada, oh, okay. but it's old-timey, so it's still, like, noir, but it's set in, a ti- like, the time period where Vegas, even though it's still a desert, like, it was really a desert back then. You could wander the desert. It, it's a fun, it's a fun game, too. Uh, even more irritating, though I think, at times. And this one could be. I would, yeah. If it, if it's bigger, I would. If we talk about the cheapness of like, oh, the mugger just came out of nowhere and robbed my only money I had. Now I can't beat the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, Game Boy wasn't able to do as much. I think it was Game Boy Advance, maybe. But like, <laughs> it's like you get even stupider shit happen. He's like, come on. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Like, you have. You have the muggers, the crocodile or the alligator. Oh yeah, in the in the sewer. Um, 
because part of it, part of your exploration involves uh, there's an elevator that somehow opens up into the sewer. Yeah, that was a little <laughs> weird. Well, it's because uh, it was an old uh, gambling den in the yeah, 19th. Like you know, it was illegal, so you had to have the because the, if you go on the one office floor, it closes up and you can't get back in the elevator because mm-hmm. it's a wall. Yeah, it's like a hidden elevator. Right. So it probably went to the sewer because they dump bodies. Ah. And, and that's also, why the alligator's down there. And why the bar and the casino and everything is connected is through the underground, so that's how you would traverse. I didn't make that connection at all. But that's oh, come a really on, Bryce. Point. It's a simple game. I, I guess it was so simple. I was like, there's <laughs> nothing here. But there, I mean, but there is. Well, have you read much crime noir, though? No, I haven't. That's part of the uh, other problem. This is a lot of last like, year I went arena. Uh, when we covered on the DPW podcast uh, The Big Sleep by Raymond Chandler, we I also went and watched like a bunch of those old crime noir movies, oh. so I got a real feel for uh, the 1920s, 30s, and 40s of uh, you know prohibition era, yeah, up until depression era and post war era uh, crime noir, which is a very fun ride. Everybody's I, got guns, you know, Al Pacino, uh, not Al Pacino, fucking <laughs> <laughs> Al Capone, Al yeah. Pacino's back there. Hoo-ah! Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think I've ever watched any of the, you're talking about like old movies? Yeah, black and white. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I actually watched any of those. I've the high-waisted like, detective movies? Yeah, I, I, I've seen like jokes about them, you know, like in uh, like Home Alone or, like, mm. <laughs> or cartoons and shit like that. So, like, the closest thing would be, oh, the closest thing would be, like, honestly, the detective, the private detective in Psycho. Yeah. I think that's the closest thing, uh, aside from contemporary stuff. You're like, missing out, man. Like, and it's not even the same thing, but because these are, like, m- like uh, mob things that I'm thinking of. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't. No, you got to go back, man. Yeah. It's just Tommy guns. Yeah. Big cars. You gotta recommend dames, to not women. Dames, dames, or broads. Back before it was offensive. Mm-hmm. Whiskey, everybody's. Oh, you wouldn't believe how much drinking goes on in any of these things. The books, yeah. the movies, all they do is drink straight, straight liquor. No wonder why these people were elderly by the age of fifty. Like <laughs> your body's rotted out. I can't do it because uh, you don't got the gumption. You don't got the stuff. We were. Chain smoking, you do a lot of chain smoking. <laughs> we were testing those drinks at Comic Con the other week, and I, I was like, I, I, I guess I didn't put it together that they're, they're like vodka cocktails, and I was like, these are vodka, these are good, and I, I'm like, maybe I'm like enjoying alcohol more, and then we got to the one that was like straight, straight vodka, and I was no. like, yeah. it was a cucumber vodka too. Yeah, I didn't like that. I don't like liquor. I I did like the cocktails, but anyway, I should have made us. <laughs> I should have, at the very least, made us Manhattans for the pod, for this episode. I don't know why I didn't. You can do it for the next one when we talk about Raymond Chandler. That's yeah. actually a better idea. We didn't. Sorry, I think I burped into the mic, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We're, we're, so I I didn't mention it at the beginning of the episode, but our next episode that's uh, where it's going to be the literary counterpart of Deja Vu is going to be. Um, Raymond Chandler's, um, what's it called again? Blood blackmail. Blackmailers don't shoot. That's it. That's it. That's it's a good name. Yeah. Raymond Chandler had the best name. Did I already mention it? You mentioned it last episode. Last episode, which That's is right. not this episode, right? Which doesn't matter then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The blackmailers don't shoot. He had like the big sleep, like just such a great title. Yeah. Him and uh, Ian Fleming with James Bond, like mm-hmm. just great titles. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to see because, like we said, it's his first story. So I'm interested to see what because I read his. I think the biggest sleep was his first novel, but he mm. like you see how big this collection is. Yeah, I didn't realize he was so prolific. 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 Um. So deja vu. Yeah. So we were talking about the uh like let's go over random, our grievances. Yeah, our grievances. Well, we, yeah, but the random encounter thing. So there's like three different. Mu- well, there's like two muggers and a bum. <laughs> And <laughs> you could, I, I don't know if you punch the bum, nothing happens. He just gets, he's just like, oh. Yeah, he just stands there yeah. like a zombie. And don't shoot the bum, though. My first playthrough, I got mad, so I went and just shot everybody yeah. to see what happened. So did I. Yeah. Like, if you, like the gun store, if you shoot that guy, he just yeah. kills you, I think. I didn't shoot him. I figured that would be a bad outcome. <clears throat> he doesn't even have a face. He's like he Dexter's doesn't. lab. You want to see the parents and they never have a head. <laughs> I think it's Dexter's, not Dexter's lab. What? Powerpuff Girls, mate? No. Um, what show am I thinking of where the parents didn't have heads? 
Like you I never mean, saw him. Charlie Brown. <laughs> well, that too. Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah, he's just a belly that sells you a gun. Yeah. But Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, these these random encounters are probably the most frustrating part of the game because when I played through the first time, I got like three quarters of the way through, and then you get to this point where you find Ace Harding's office, and you know there's, um, and this isn't a random encounter, but it kind of goes along with the same thing. You know there's someone in there waiting to shoot you when you open the door. So what you do is you shoot him through the through the door, through the glass in the door. Which I did both times I played right away. You just said fuck that. Yeah, guy. so did I. And then I tried doing it, doing it with or opening the door without doing that, but you just die. Yeah. And uh, so. You shoot him through the door, you open the door, you try to go through, and then and if you don't do it right, you just get dizzy and pass out and die. And I, kept I died trying... twice because you take the medicine, which is another thing. You have these endless capsules, and you have to combine medicine with the capsules. Yeah. I took the medicine once, and it oh, feels better, and then I went in and died. I forgot you have to take it twice. You I think it's do three it t- times. Three times, maybe? Yeah, Whatever it is, four. it's fucking stupid. Yeah. Why? Just do it once. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I I learned I well I mean I had to Google this because I could not understand what kept happening. But uh, it turns out if you die at the same screen three times, it completely erases your file. I didn't. I never had that happen, so I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I I don't know. I don't know how you wouldn't have that happen if you're like playing for the first time. But I, it happened to me, mm-hmm. and it happened to me in different instances. So it happened to me there the first time. And then the second time through, uh, I I was like, I got through everything real fast because I already figured it out on my own. And then I got to, well, I didn't even get very far yet, but I knew everything I had to do. So I started out because part of the game is you have to, you learn from like picking things up. You you find these addresses for places you have to go to find evidence and all whatnot. And uh, basically you're like building up your, you're building up your case, trying to figure out who you are and then build up a case to present to the police to clear your name. So anyway, because you have to take these taxi cabs all the time to uh, get to the addresses that you find to find evidence, you have to pay them seventy five cents every time. That was you... my biggest gripe: is the fucking coins. Yeah, paying and the stupid cab guys. So what I did, me too. And so what I did on my second playthrough it was, um, I knew that that uh, slot machine was in the casino in the basement of the bar, so I went there straight away. And I kept playing the slot machine until I got as many coins as I could get. I think it caps out at 40. And (laughs) so I got 40 coins. I had that $20 bill you start out with in the wallet. (laughs) And then I walk outside and this random ass uh, mugger comes out. (laughs) And he's like, give me all your money. And he took all my money. (laughs) And I I mean, I guess you can probably get around it by like hitting him or killing him or something with your gun. But uh, I, I didn't do it right, obviously. I lost all my money. But I learned you can get it back. It's just a huge pain in the ass. How do you get it back? You have to. <clears throat> it turns out that you can. If you lose all your money, I think. I think at any point in the game, if you lose all your money, you there's can a go lucky back. coin, isn't there? Well, you can go back to the to the slot machine and uh, examine it. And there's a coin in the slot. There's just yeah. a coin in there, and you can just take it. And you, I think you always win if you only have one coin left. Yeah, that's what I did. I, ever, I just went down to one coin, and then I would yeah. get my money back. So I did that. I got my crap back together. Still lost you 20 bucks, though. And uh, and then I died again. And mm. uh, and and then, um, I, I, I don't know, it happened to me multiple times, and it was pissing me the fuck off. You could punch out the mugger with the gun three times, black at both of his eyes, and break his nose... Then you have to give him the money or he'll shoot you. Which is... But the big mugger, I don't know about because I didn't want to risk it, but I'm pretty yeah. sure he just beat you up and kills you. Uh, I, and I only encountered him when I had those 40 coins. And I, it almost seemed to me like like maybe when you have when you max out your money, you you meet that I mean, guy. I, at the very uh, end of the game, know. I ran into him two times in a uh, row, and I gave, I, him both, him I gave him both of my $20 bills. I had two really? 20, yeah, two toys. I had to give him both. <laughs> Because I wasn't going to, like, fail. I was at the very end. Did you buy the gun in the gun shop? No, because I already had two guns. Oh. I had the gun you start with, and then if you go to the right screen, like, outside, that lady. Yeah. The very, yeah, like, I didn't even talk gun. to her. I didn't do anything. I just punched her out right away and yeah, took her gun. Yeah, me too. So. I don't know if you can talk to her. Can you? Probably. I don't know. I think she maybe shoots you, because I got something for you. And then, right. I just yeah. figured you had to. Yeah, I didn't even. I like if yeah. you, uh. 
<laughs> she's laying on the ground. If you use the open button on her legs, it's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says, like the, the screen. Oh, you know what else is great? Um, you punch the fat lady. <laughs> there's a 400-pound lady in a trunk, oh, and if you punch her, it just absorbs it the just punch. It just goes to show how insensitive things were back <laughs> then. It, was like, it, it, just, it goes at, like, this, it is very, like this very minimal description or explanation, <laughs> like, ex- exposition in this story. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to this fat woman in the in the trunk of the Mercedes. It's very descriptive. It's like, oh, I hate this fat woman. <laughs> it's like, it's horrible. You know what I didn't do I should have tried is what happens if you hit those sleeping people in the man? Mansion. I didn't try that either. I, at that point, I was yeah, like, you didn't want to ruin wanna, it. Yeah. I wonder how you just socked like the dad or the girl that's sleeping. Just wow. Yeah, I don't know. Because you punch out the the butler. Right. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I still think it's a fun game. My biggest gripe, honestly, was the cab fare because it's seventy five cents to so three quarters, and you have limited yeah. coins. So basically, most of the time, you can get somewhere and get back, and then probably play the slot machines. If you're lucky, you could do it four times. Like there's a couple times where I got like a good amount of coins, so I was able to go to four. To, because what irritated me, I was telling you off air, I got to the end of the game and cryptically, which is not like so cryptic after you actually know what you're doing, you have to dump like certain things, like your the things that will incriminate you, like your gun and stuff. Wouldn't let me dump my gun for some reason, and then I realized. At the very beginning of the game, I missed a pencil in a drawer. <laughs> and that's why I wasn't able to beat the game. I just kept getting arrested and put on death row or whatever. It's like you have to get a cert- you have to get a pencil at the very beginning of the game. I did that with a couple addresses, too. Uh, same thing. You get the Sherman address is the first address you get. I got that, like, number four because I forgot that, again, the drawers and the desk. I didn't examine either desk yeah, at the very yeah. beginning, so I didn't get the pencil, and I didn't get the stupid address I needed. And I was like, why is this? What's happening? Yeah, they did everything it, out of order. And if you haven't played it, if, you, if, if there's a police station, which, which is weirdly, like right next to the bar, or you turn the corner away from the bar and there's a police station there, and if you don't have all the evidence minus all of the evidence against you that they planted, that the... Yeah, it's the only way to beat the were, game. Yeah, they just arrest you, and then it, it turns out you die or something. You go to death row Speaking or Speaking of cheap um, deaths... <laughs> okay, so the the alligator in the sewer is bad because it'll just randomly pop up sometimes, but you can shoot it in the face. Yeah, I always, I never did it right. I try to punch it every time, I guess. Did you fall down the fucking pothole and die? Yeah, that one, I forgot about that one. Next to the oh police station, God. there's a over, there's a screen to go over, and if you go over, you just immediately die. Yeah, it's Without any knowledge that this is going to happen. You can't choose, like... Don't fall in the hole. You just like, fall in the hole, construction <laughs> hole, and die. It's like why? What a fucking! All those games have that though. Just these cheap deaths, but like that, you can't avoid it. it. Just the only way to avoid it is not to go over there. But if it's your first playthrough, how do you know not to go over there? It's on yeah. the screen. Why wouldn't you go over Bull. there? And fortunately, when you die, it just takes you back to the last screen before you die. Yeah, but it's still, just but, the fact that it happened. But like for me, I think that was actually another point where I, it reset my game because I was like, there must no! be, there must be something in this. It, like there must be a point for that existing aside from just killing you. So I kept trying to like go back and see if I could examine something. Like maybe I did it too fast and effed it up. Yeah. But so I kept trying to go back. I just died three times in a row doing nothing. Deja Vu is even worse, or Deja Vu 2 is even worse. It has a, a desert you could get lost in, and you just go screen to screen, like, ah, and it, it gets very aggravating. <laughs> but I think that's the cheapest death in the game. Um, I'm pretty sure there's no other deaths that just randomly happen like yeah, that. Yeah, you can, like, kill yourself with pills or your gun. Yeah, but you, you yeah. have to do it. Yeah, right, right. Um... No, I did kill myself with the pills because I picked the wrong medicine. Yeah. Because I didn't read the medicine thing. I just picked the wrong medicine, and then you're like, oh, you're dead now. Like, okay, That thanks. was my, I, I think the medicine was my favorite part of the game, though, because it was, that, that was, I, I guess because it was, like, the most, like, logical part. Like, yeah. Like, it, it gave you what you needed, but if you weren't, if you couldn't, like, use your brain, you die. You you wouldn't be able to figure that out. So that that was one, one part where I was like, this is actually kind of cool, because there's like, and I think they're all real medicines, right? They're all real. I think so. Well, they give you clues for everything, too, though. So they're, yeah. like, you can't get a list of medicines that tell you what they do. Right. But you still have to put certain things together to, like, figure out what you need to use on yourself and others. Yeah. And it's cool, because you, you have to figure out how to... Like which medicine to use on yourself to 
get your mem- memory to come back, and you have to you have to use it more than once. So you have to figure that out, and then you get to you get to use it on three other characters in the game. So you're like drugging other people, and then like after yourself. You drug the f- or you wake the fat lady up with the medicine. Who else do you use it on? Oh, you don't. I guess you don't have. I don't know. You don't have to use it on the sleeping people, but you can use it on them to get more story. Oh, I didn't do that. Yeah, because they're the two people that were having the affair. I think. Yeah, the rich people. Yeah. So yeah, so you use it on them. You can't to, like, just punch them. Oh, he has like the truth. The one is like a truth. Right. Serum. You use the same one on them as you use on the on the lady in the trunk. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I never thought of that. Yeah. Another cool thing is is the car. It, uh. If you the, bl- the one that could blow up if you yeah if you pull one. the clutch or whatever it just explodes yeah with the fat lady in it yeah <laughs> I I didn't do that in the second playthrough because I did that on the first one yeah what ha- what's the difference between the cabs why is there two cabs I don't know but I first of all I did my best not to use walkthroughs on this game because yeah. I knew it was short and I'm like I'm not an idiot I can get through this I did look at it for certain things because certain things are like. Like at the end, you have to. I'm gonna get to the cab thing. Um, <clears throat> at the end, you have to dump all the evidence against you into the sewer, and in order before you go to the police, um, so that you can be absolved. And it's like, I I I don't know, unless you unless this was the game that you had as a kid. And you were like, I'm just going to play this until I figure it all out. You wouldn't figure it you, out. You just wouldn't. It would take so long to figure out exactly each everything, each individual thing you need to get rid of. They actually and have a built-in system, which I figured out this time. If you just try to dump everything, it does not let you dump the items you need. Uh, so anything you need, you can't dump in that thing. Interesting. So you could never get rid of the, the wrong evidence. Mm. Well, that was one thing. And I don't know. There were a couple parts where I... Uh, I don't know. There were small moments where it was just like I'm being an idiot and I can't think this through, and I and I I use a walkthrough for that to help me get my place get get to places. But I did feel pretty good, uh, going through this because like I I always hate how it's just a thing that everyone's stupid today. Yeah, and I like I don't I don't like. I don't like having to use having to cheat my way through games all the time because like they're video games. I shouldn't need that. To get through, to get to to beat it, and like it's just, it's for entertainment. I shouldn't need someone to like. I just shouldn't need to like. I mean, I feel like I'm like calling the CIA to give me a give me information yeah. on uh, on I don't know it it and it's it's not that important, you know. Anyway, I just always wanted to get through a game without looking something up. Anyway, I did look certain things up, but I still felt pretty good about like figuring out the medicine. And uh, the, thing, the memo thing. Oh, uh, the memo thing. Because yeah. there's a, I think you mentioned already. There's a, a you find a, a memo pad that has indentations on it, and then you you pick up a ballpoint pen. That's kind of like a misdirection. The pen because you need a pencil. The one I skipped missed yeah. at the very beginning. You have to sketch <laughs> the very it. beginning of the game. You pick up a pencil, so you have to just rub the pencil over top of the indentations and find this. It's like incriminating evidence against the people who are framing you. Um, so I figured out. So I felt like I figured out the hardest stuff to figure out, which I uh, so I felt good about. Aside from the very end where you dumped all the stuff. Anyway, my point is that when I was looking at the walkthrough, it always sounded like they kept telling me to get into the yellow cab. Yeah, and I don't know why that was. Be- I but remember it- from my first playthrough, something bad happens in the blue cab. So this playthrough, I used the blue cab for half of the game because the guy's nervous in that cab for some reason. Yeah. But just I was like, I remember something bad happened. I don't know what it was, so I just switched to the yellow cab. But I don't remember what it is. I don't know either. And nothing ever bad bad ever happened to me. I I used both. I started using the yellow cab more after I read that, but I have no idea. What are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm gonna look yeah. it up. I'm curious. Yeah, like when you get into the blue cab, it calls him. It says he's a hack or something like that. Yeah, but when you get into the yellow cab, it says he's like a nice guy or whatever. So I I don't know what the point of that was. Let's see. While you're looking that up, um, I don't know if we said it already, but the music in this game is just awesome, and we put some of it in the episode for you guys to hear. Yeah. And- uh, it, it, the music is amazing. It really all these games. The music is like the top. Yeah, like if the music wasn't what it is, 
this game would be so fucking boring. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and there's moments like when you. Oh, another cool element of this game is when uh, you get to certain points, you see like pictures, or you get into certain environments, and you get like a flash of like something being familiar because, but like you don't have your memory back yet, and you're just like, oh, why is this so familiar? Uh. <laughs> but this other music plays, and it's so eerie. And I, I think we put some of that. Or I don't know. We we can put some of that in here if we didn't already. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> I loved it. But you definitely don't want to sit on that music and like look around because it gets super irritating. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was exploring something, uh, or maybe I just put my controller down when that happened as I looked something up on my phone, and my wife was like, "That has to stop now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, uh, it's such it's such cool music for like a a detective uh, video game, especially for NES. It's always surprising, like certain games for. Uh, and yeah, I guess it was originally for the computer for computer games, but I don't think it had music on the computer. I mean, I'm, I could be absolutely oh, really? wrong, but I just I I want to say I watch playthroughs of the computer and I don't remember the music. That's interesting, man. That I mean, was... it might like I said, I could be completely wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'm most likely I am, but I just I don't remember in the playthroughs because I watched the uh, uninvited one because it was uninvited is cool because it's horror and it's kind of gross. Uh, and I remember the computer one was a little bit grosser. Mm. But I don't remember the music. I have an answer to your question okay. about the cabs. Let's hear it. You're not going to like it. <laughs> so if you go to the left and you get the yellow cab and the blue cab, one of the two drivers will seem calm and friendly while the other will appear nervous and shifty. Which one is in which depends on the version you are playing. However, this has no bearing on the game at all as both <laughs> cabs function identically to one another. Oh. So nothing. It's just stupid. Maybe it's just to make you think like, oh, no, don't take this cab. And then it makes you go through the, you know, you have more chance encounters with the muggers because you keep going to the yellow cab, which is one yeah. screen over. It's the only thing I can yeah, think. Yeah, maybe that's it. Make you panic a little. Which is kind of cool and puts you at unease. Right. Because I, I kept thinking like the guy was going to set me up or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's cool, though. It, it, it's like for for as short of a, a game as it is, it's got a lot of like interesting elements to it that are just that like, like, you know, the misdirection things. And, uh, you know, you can pick so many items up that you don't need, but you end up pick. I mean, at least for me on my first playthrough like this was, uh, I picked everything up. That I could basically, yeah, just figuring that it probably went to something because you, like, there, I mean, sometimes you see things and you can't pick it up, and, and so I just figured anytime you could, it probably meant something. But right, there, I mean, they're misdirection. Like, there's, there's a, a lot of stuff that just does nothing at all. There's a there's a whole room in that mansion, uh, like in, in the kitchen. You I took all the items. None of them did anything. Yeah, you don't need any. That room doesn't need to exist. <laughs> it gives them a memory. That's it. Does it? Oh yeah, of like. Your mom baking a cake or something like that. Here's the the PC version. The colors are way more vivid, actually. Oh, not shoot. just the blood, but yeah, that looks way better. Like, look, even on like the the one screen where he's just having his little. Oh, Damn. who am I? Like, it just looks way better. You know what? I emulated this game on my computer, so I should have just got the computer version of it. Yeah, uh, I thought about playing the computer version, but there's also the black and white version as well. Mm. I don't know if that's an older version or what. And I didn't feel like reading the text. Yeah, look, but then everyone's grosser, so that mugger's grosser. Look at the hooker. She's like a hooker now. <laughs> I don't. She wasn't a hooker in our game. She was just like mm-hmm. a, I don't know. I forget what her story was, but she's like the one that lady's trying to shoot you. Yeah, dude. There's a. And pool. you know what? The we... slot machine looks like a pool hall. Oh shoot, that's crazy. Kind of feel like I want to play that game as well. <laughs> It'd be easier to play the game with the mouse too. Yeah, yeah, that was one thing that was really irritating because you just in the NES version, dude. Look um, at the cops. Oh my god, there's so god. much more it's crooked. Like a comic book. It looks like maniac like, cop. Like he's all gross like looking. A Batman illustration or something. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we we've gotten this far. We're Forty minutes into the podcast, and we haven't t- torn apart this torn apart this uh, intense story. The intense story. Still talking about the intense story of Deja Vu. <laughs> so it's not a it's not a complex game, but <clears throat> I would you, like uh, just to completely interrupt you. I would like because oh, okay. they did a modern version. They they did a modern version of Shadowgate for like one of the newer systems. Yeah, I saw that. I would like a Deja Vu modern version. Yeah, that'd be cool. I uh, maybe one you could actually not point and click. You to walk through. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cool. I I guess there. Well, there are games like that. Like uh, I'm sure there are. Yes. 
Yeah, you know, like I'm sure this is a whole genre that Steam on Steam, I would imagine, like yeah, point click. I guess I never thought of it like that. Like there, these, I can't think of what what they're called, but there, there's those games that are just like you walk around, you walk around like houses or certain environments, and it's not like action or anything. You're just like picking things up and reading them and. Uh, learning about the story, learning, learning oh, about the yeah. character's background. Oh, so it's like, those it's like, like a modern modern uh, version of point and click. Are those, um, because on the PC games on my emulator, they have a genre, um, it's not digital novel, um, it's something like that though, where it's basically just a novel in game form. So you just go mm-hmm. through like, and obviously those ones are like pretty shitty, like yeah. they, like just the way they look. Like I don't, it might even just be text based. I don't know, but there's a lot of uh, novel games that are just like you just basically are just going through a story. You're not actually playing it. It's just a different way to read. If you know, not, yeah. you're watching almost like right. a movie kind of. But I think that's like that's a separate genre that they still create. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm trying to because oh, I forgot I don't have internet down here. <laughs> My internet came back. There was one, um, th- there there was a game that I played on Steam. I can't remember what it was. I think you play as, I think you're, it's like a, I think there's a woman's name in the title. I don't know, but. Carmen Sandiego? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a video game too? No, I won't remember it, but anyway. Yeah, so we were talking about, we're going to get deep into the story. Okay, yeah. Let's um, do it. Break it down. Let's let's see what we can do with it. So it's not a complex game, but your character, Ace Harding, used to be a boxer, and now he's a private eye. And he has a great name, Ace Harding. Ace Harding. It's hard. And you know what? It's a moniker. It's a moniker. Um, is that it? Is that how you're breaking down? No. You, have? you don't really get any backstory to your, your, your character, except that he used to be a boxer, and that he's being framed now. Which is why he's so good at punching people out. Yeah. Except for the bum. You can't punch the bum out. Yeah. You punch yeah, the bum, but the bum doesn't even notice. He's strung out. He's probably a drug addict in the original, yeah. in the PC version. And the only other thing you know is that, well, that Joey Siegel guy, the guy, well, there's a guy that you, you walk into this room and he's dead over the desk and I don't I forget why he dies but he was like your friend right I think so and if you punch him nothing happens but he's already dead so just wanted to punch him <laughs> he but yeah like well uh, either either he's your friend or he's the guy who set you up that you thought was your friend I don't remember maybe that's it no no because remember the evidence says that like they they wanted to plant all Dude, of... I hardly pay attention to oh, the story at all. all right. I didn't well, give the a fuck. the evidence says that they planted <laughs> Joey like to to make you even more confused. They planted Joey Siegel's stuff on you. So like I think yeah. I think your wallet and your your Well, well I know the sunglasses are too big, so I'm thinking your clothes weren't your clothes. Mm. They were his clothes. Yeah, there's all this stuff that has you you pick up all this all this stuff throughout the game. That has the initials JS or says Joey Siegel on it, so it's it's trying to make you think that you're Joey Siegel, but then it turns out the guy in that office dead is Joey Siegel. I didn't and get that at all, and you know why? Why? Because almost immediately I looked at the pictures on the wall, and there's a picture of Ace Harding the yeah. boxer, and it was like, oh, he looks just like you. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, there's the mystery solved. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not Joey Siegel, clearly. So it's confusing. So it's like, so I guess my big question. My my big question. All right. It's like you. Do you need a private dick to solve this? To find the answer <laughs> to this question. What do you think was the transition period? What do you think was the catalyst between boxer and detective, but boxer and private eye? Well, I'm gonna wax philosophical here. Mm. No wax. I'm wax. I'm not gonna wax anything. No. Dry. I get dry. I'm gonna go dry. <laughs> Unlubed. So raw dog. Ooh, raw dog. That's kind of <laughs> gross way to put it, but okay. So I'm gonna go with the classic detective tropes here. In those days, a lot of ex-military guys, ex-boxers, ex-bouncers, ex-brutes of all nature became privatized because they either couldn't be cops or they're ex-cops, but they have to 
play within the law, but they have to be on the outside of the law because you can't have your cool vigilante. Cops can't just go into people's houses and snoop. Mm-hmm. Private eyes can't yeah. allow either folks, by the way, can't do that. Think you're gonna be a private eye and do that? No, but you can drive around, take pictures of it. You do. You work outside of the law. Your own contract. You're like, uh, you know, you you do it on your own. You're not employed by anyone, whether it's the state or like a police officer. They still have to follow certain rules, and they can't just go and investigate things. You know, they have rules. Private eye, you just basically do what you want, and you're not actually breaking the law if you're at a distance and you know taking pictures and that kind of stuff. I'm rambling a little. But anyway, so like Walter Mosley, his character uh, in his series is a former military man. And it's because they have to have some kind of brutality. A lot of these detectives have to be smart, but they have to have a brutality. They have to be able to handle themselves. It makes them most entertaining. This is in the 20s. Uh, so when you get an ex-boxer, if he's smart, maybe he didn't cut it out as a boxer or maybe he had to retire young. What is he going to do with his life? He's either going to be a bouncer by a bar. Because this is what they did. In, like, you know, think of like Rocky Marciano and stuff. A lot of these guys bought bars, ran bars. Um, or that kind of... A lot of them weren't very smart. They had brain damage from the boxing. <laughs> so they had they were very limited on what they could do. Uh, and they But they did have money from boxing. So if you want to continue a career, what do you do? If you have some intelligence, you could become a private dick because you can't cut it out as a cop. You can't follow the rules. Mm-hmm. But you could punch people in the face and, you know, invest. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. The point is, <laughs> I don't even know why you asked me that stupid-ass question. Shut up, Bryce. <laughs> Drinking my Oberon beer. Well, sour. I, I mean, but do you think... I mean that would make sense. I mean, if that's well, what... you asked me, was the catalyst become boxer becoming yeah, a no, private but I, dick? I have. I'm just trying to take this, pull this story apart. Nothing, nothing you said was wrong. I, it makes they sense. They wrote the story in five minutes. I, I'm sure they did. But our endeavor is to talk about to pull apart the stories of video games. You're right. You're you're right. You're and correct. We we spent a lot of time talking about the fun and the anger of this game and. You want to know what makes Ace Harding tick, don't you? Yes. All tick. right. Tick, tick, tick. I, I want to know if there's if there's something relevant or if there's something pertinent to your character and the rest of the story. Do you know what I mean? Like, does the affair have any bearing on him? Like, why why did they pin it on him? Do we know that? Think of a wildly successful boxer, or even just a middling boxer, but he's a prize fighter. He makes money. Maybe he's finally going to make it big, gets the big fight, but he loses the fight, gets injured in the fight, can't box anymore. There goes his livelihood. He's a married man. His wife was only for him, with him, because he was going to be the champ. Can't be the champ anymore, can he, because he's not boxing. She leaves him. And then what does he do? Drinks himself stupid. That's what he does. And then when he kind of gets his wits back together, he needs to make money. Ran out of money for beer probably whiskey or gin but uh he's been hanging out with seedy people in these bars he decides you know what i gotta make some money i'm pretty good at investigating stuff i can i can solve some mysteries i'm good at figuring things out maybe i'll get my life back together a little bit and i'm gonna solve some mysteries and then he comes with a case that's a little too close to home a wife just like his who leaves him because he hit some hard times and it turns out that very wife was cheating the whole time with someone else. Could it be his buddy, Joey Siegel? You don't know. Oh. You don't know. I don't, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> That's the direction that I was going with yeah. it. You, you put a lot more detail into it, which is why you're a fiction writer and I write poetry. But if this Joey Seagull <laughs> character was cheating with his wife and then that's why she, you know, part of the reason why she left him, that would give Ace Harding a reason to kill the guy, wouldn't it? But he doesn't remember because he was drugged. Why was he drugged? He doesn't know that either. That's where your mystery starts to get. He could be the bad guy the whole time and you don't know until the end. Yeah. That's a fun Do way to Do you know at the end? You don't know. They never actually explained that the crime's pinned on them, but you don't. Did they ever say who killed Joey Siegel? I don't. JS. I don't think so. You know who killed JS? I don't think. I don't know. But. Well, actually, you do find plans that talk about the woman. Yeah, you find a very. (laughs) As shitty as this is. Uh, don't you, I don't know if it was the memo or something else, but you literally find a time frame for every crime criminal act. Did it? Who wrote that? Do we know? 
I don't remember. Yeah. Whoever hired uh, Ace, I think. I last I I finished that game and, like I was falling asleep. <laughs> I almost just quit. I was like, I'll just watch a quick recap of this. Yeah. And then I looked on the the timeline on the. I started watching a video. I was like, I'm just gonna watch this. I'm not playing this anymore. And then I watched the timeline. I was like, oh, ten minutes left. And I was like, I guess I might as well just finish the game. And then, but I really rushed through. I just like I want to be done. Yeah. I guess my only other real question is. Do we know what that woman in the red dress was doing? Like, what? Because she she planted the bomb in the car, and she was ready to kill you. A, I don't know. Was she the mistress? Was she? It, that would make sense, but I don't. Does it actually say? When you go to the house and you get the diary, is it her diary? Oh, maybe that's. Was she the one that was cheating with whoever it was, and uh, want, the one that wanted the guy to leave his wife? Yeah. I forget who it was. So she wanted somebody to leave their wife. Uh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe, yeah. It's like, it, see, see. There's a lot of there's stuff in that like this. It's like a whole story, but it's like minimalism, condensed. You don't get really any actual resolution because yeah. the here's where the story fails. If you're a fiction writer, the story fails in that yes, you solve the mystery. To a degree, but it's all about just getting Ace Harding off the hook, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, you're just getting out of trouble. There's right. no conclusion. Yeah, there's no resolution. Yeah, the, I guess the the criminals got you know criminalized. They got arrested or whatever. But outside of that, it's like I don't I don't know exactly what happens. What what happens after all this stuff went down? What happens? What does Ace Harding do? You have to play Deja Vu too to find out. <laughs> do you? Fi- is it still Ace Harding? I believe it is. Okay, I'm looking up. All the dialogue, all the, all the, uh, uh, yeah, the dialogue, I guess, at the end of the game, because it's so ridiculous. And that's the part where it says, uh, well, maybe you could do it, because my internet's horrible. <laughs> but that's the part where it says, uh, it starts with Ace Harding's my moniker. Once a boxer, now a private eye. And then the next line is, Ace Harding's my moniker. <laughs> and, then, and then it says more, but I can't think of what it is. Anyway, it's it's uh, redundant, <laughs> and it's just funny because, like you said, the whole game is about just clearing your name, even though we don't know, aside from someone framing you, we don't know exactly why they're framing you, who you really are. Why would they? Or, I don't. I didn't understand why they hired them on the, a case anyway. If they're just gonna frame, they hired them to frame them. I mean, I guess, I guess it was like a thing where I mean, because it's about an affair, so they're like trying to make. I don't know. They're trying. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I think it matters. I don't think anybody that's listening cares about. You're probably right. It's just this a fun little. It's just a fun puzzle it's really game. Fun, but how fun is it to try to pick apart bullshit like this? It's entertaining. It's a little uh, yeah. bit interesting. I'm more interested in the Raymond Chandler story. That's the only so reason I, I wanted to do the game. I, I'm I'm excited to read that. Um, because I I like his I, writing style too. I haven't read any of his stuff. I I do own his uh short story collection, Killer in the Rain, but I haven't read any of it yet. I bought that in college, and I just haven't gotten to it. And uh, I originally was in, uh, interested in Raymond Chandler because I read uh I think it was when I read Stephen King's On Writing. Yeah, and he recommend at the end of the book he recommends like this huge list of writers to read if you just want to get uh, get like a breadth of uh, uh reading under your belt to understand what like different kinds of writing and you know just to understand what people are what people do and what they do differently and right all that stuff. Well, can I read the intro? Yeah. To uh, what are we reading? Fuck. Can I read the intro to Blackmailers Don't Shoot? Let's go. This will give you an example of a young Raymond Chandler and what you're getting into, Bryce. Let's hear it. The man in the powder blue suit, which wasn't powder blue under the lights of the Club Boliviar, was tall with wide-set gray eyes, a thin nose, a jaw of stone. They always are very descriptive in these noir stories. You really get... Mm. Think of Dick Tracy with all the villains in the movie, how they were like, you know... I never saw that. It's fucking great just how weird they're looking. But same with the comics and whatever, you know, Dick Tracy stuff. Mm -hmm. Noir is always about the details of your characters. He had a rather sensitive mouth... Always <laughs> 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 a very. I never understood what that when they use things like that. Sensitive mouth. Yeah. His hair was crisp and black, ever so faintly touched with the gray, as by an almost diffident hand. 
His clothes fitted him as though they had a soul of their own, not just a doubtful past. His name happened to be Mallory. Mm. Then he smokes in the very next section. I like it. Uh, other than the sensitive mouth, I don't know what that means, but I, I like the descriptions and it's fun because I don't really write character descriptions like that in my fiction. Like It's very rare I describe a character too much because usually I like to have the reader just imagine the character as they want, but... If you write crime noir, a lot of the time, especially when there's clues and different things, like they have, you know, they want everything very specific. Mm -hmm. So you want your characters to look a certain way, and it leaves little to the imagination because your imagination needs to focus on the mystery. Yeah, I just made that up, but that sounds right. No, yeah, it makes sense. sense It makes sense. I mean, yeah, you need you need certain things to be set in stone, detail wise. So that well, it also helps flesh out the world, you know, because usually you want yeah. the world gritty and yeah. So you want to describe every scar and yeah, uh, the color of eyebrows and just everything, you know. Right. Yeah. It's not a long nose. It's like an equestrian nose or a hawk nose. You know, it's yeah. always something cool. I'm having fun reading different stuff lately because, um, I well, because we just read something wicked this way comes, which was. Just weird, weird writing. I mean, it's it's not bad, but it's just listen to the episode, folks. Yeah, it's just it was, it was our last episode before this one. It, it's not bad. It's just a different, it, it diff, it's even different from what Ray, Ray Bradbury normally writes. And then after that, I started reading American Gods by Neil Gaiman, and uh, I love it. I love the way he writes. And then I then I was listening I was listening to I mean it's just interesting hearing you talk about that but I was listening to your last episode or not in your last episode but I I was listening to your solo episode one oh seven of uh, Drunken Pen oh the aesthetics one yeah and um you were having that you've talked about this before but you were talking about how um or how contemporary writers have like a formulaic kind of writing where they do like that four to five sentence paragraph. Every single paragraph. Yeah, and everything kind of reads the same. There's like no rhythm. They're just giving information, and that's just how it is. You can and look up any book in any genre, and it kind of reads the same anymore. Yeah, and like when you said that, I was thinking about American Gods, about how uh, when you read that, it's so not that way. It's like like there can be super long paragraphs, and then like a sentence, and then it's just completely varied. And uh, I don't know. It got me thinking about all the different ways people write, and like, and like what it actually does when you write those different when you write those different ways. Like when you don't have rhythm, and you're focusing on one thing over another. Like, yeah. Like how Raymond Chandler is focusing on certain details in order to bring light to other details for the reader. If that makes sense. Well, it's very. I mean, we discussed off air. I'm working on a gothic story, and I never really written a specific gothic style story uh whenever you tackle a genre or you go into something that's going to be completely different from what you normally write it's so strange but it kind of fun and exciting to like go into it and just like oh my writing style is not like this normally so i get to experiment and have some fun so you get like you get to change Mm -hmm. i mean but i mean with my writing, I don't like to be uniform anyway. I change it up. Like the one story I finished recently that I submitted to a few places, when I reread it, I was ex- I was happy because I did some unique things in it, so it was different. Like I mean, you you read part of it. I have a character who's dead and I have the character talking but the character is not actually talking. So instead of using quotation, I just use dashes. To show that like, this character isn't alive. In the novel I'm working on, I have uh, specific characters that use dashes instead of quotation marks to show that they're a different species. They're not human. Yeah. So it's like a little clue that you don't even know until later in the book. So if you re- you see that come up earlier, you don't realize, which would actually be a clue that this character later on you're going to find out is not a human, you know. So yeah. on a reread, you get it. On the first read, you don't. Yeah. So I like. I've been experimenting with fun things like that, but I always like to change up how I write things because if every story is read exactly the same, if you're James Patterson and every story you read reads the same, it's just a different story. What? How much fun is that for the reader? Yeah. I mean, if you're, I guess you're reading James Patterson, you probably don't care, but like, <laughs> like for me, I think it's it's a very important to 
do different things. You can't always be the same, you know. If you mm-hmm. write the same exact books and the same stories over and over, you want to establish your author voice, but you like that's why I appreciated the Ray Bradbury how he changed his whole writing style pretty right. much for something this wicked this way comes because it's like you didn't do the same thing you always do, you know. I think the best authors, that's how they tackle fiction. They don't do yeah. the same thing. Now, when you read a lot of like Raymond Chandler, I guarantee all these stories are going to read the same. Yeah. because it's yeah. The, But it's the genre. But right. that doesn't necessarily mean it's, you know, same sentence. Like you were saying, same sentence lanes, paragraph yeah. lanes. And- but it, but the, for the, yeah, like the genre, if they're all different, unique, like very individualized stories, crimes yeah. and the, like mysteries, it's interesting. It's just when, like I said, when you go to the bookstore and you pick up five new books and each one you go, like, I couldn't tell the author because it reads exactly the same. Yeah. That's terrible. I don't yeah. like that uniform style of writing. Yeah. Some people might. I don't know. It's just personally, I like you know, ch- take risk. Mm-hmm. You know, try new things. Try things that might not work, and you'll fail. Maybe people will hate your story. Some people don't like the Ray Bradbury book because it's the way it's written. Right. Uh, you weren't as big of a fan of the stories you might have been because of the way it's written, but it's different. It's memorable. Um. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Well, you always make me want to write more fiction, and I, uh, I don't because I'm. I primarily write poetry now, but um, gotta gotta explore a little bit. Well, even in your poetry, you can experiment and try new things. You don't want all I your do. poems to yeah, read the same. I think I do different stuff from time to time. Cause Most I, of your poems are always different. I think. Yeah, you think? I I never really know for sure. I I I do feel like it's I, probably easier because you're going more on feeling and emotion and metaphor yeah, than you are on yeah. just how it's written or you know just like telling like, a story. I try to. I was thinking about how we got we got to end this in a minute, but I I was thinking about how we've talked in the past about um being influenced by what you're reading and it's almost like sometimes I I mean I deliberately do it sometimes yeah because I'm trying to write a different way and see how see how it comes out and sometimes it's really cool and sometimes as we talked about how it's like you don't want to do that because you want to have your own voice but sometimes you find your own voice in a different light I guess yeah when you're trying to write well some of the most fun i've had writing is mimicking authors i like yeah like i wrote a story that's in the style of hp lovecraft yeah and it was really fun to write because i don't write like that yeah i've written uh, actually i did a whole episode on the drunken pen writing podcast about i wrote excerpts like the same excerpt of just a non story that doesn't exist i just made up a scene I think it's about like a car accident or something, but I wrote it in the style of every author I like. And just some of you really read, but just uh, like just a whole list of authors. So each one reads in the style of that author, even though it's completely made up by me. Yeah. I had so much fun doing that. So I did the Stephen <laughs> King version. And I don't, um, maybe I did the Neil Gaiman, but I did like the James Joyce version, the Hemingway version. I, I just Cormac McCarthy, whatever it was. <laughs> like I just did all these different styles and it was so much fun just doing that. That's pretty and sweet. Then, yeah. And it just makes it like, you get to experiment and have fun and actually enjoy the act of writing versus just telling the story. Yeah. But I think that's just important for everybody to do yeah. if you're a writer or just a creative in general. You could be a painter. Try a painting style that you never tried before. Yeah. You know, if you, it doesn't matter what you do or what your art is. If you try something that you're not comfortable with, but you don't mind failing at, you, I mean, you might find something that actually really works for you. Mm-hmm. All right, we really digress here, but stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be discussing what we think is Deja Vu's literary counterpart, which we've already referenced. Raymond Chandler's short story, Black Mailers Don't Shoot. Um, If you're enjoying the show, be sure to follow or subscribe, and as soon as we establish social media presence, be sure to follow and watch watch for us there, and... um, I'll share these episodes on my website too. So. Yeah, yeah now I'll, I'll talk about it on Drunken Pen. So, yeah, for folks who want to check that out, Drunken Pen Writing Podcast, you can follow us at DPW Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff, and you can go to my website, CalebJamesK.com. So, when these episodes of this podcast drop, if there is, if Bryce hasn't gotten to creating the social media and all that stuff for it yet, and emails, you can at least check them out on there. I'll post them on there. Mm-hmm. Since I'm on the episodes, I should probably. Share them to my fans because I have so many. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you can look for our uh, playing and reading schedule in the show notes, so you can play and read along with our conversations. And if you have any game and book combo recommendations, 
We still don't have any way for you to tell us those just yet, but as soon as we have an email set up for the show, you can uh, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be in the show notes. Um, but you can tell us there. Um, so, you have anything else, Caleb? I am good, and I thank everyone for listening this yeah. long. Thank you for listening. We didn't think it would it would go this long, but uh, thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Go stick a controller in one hand and your book in the other. <laughs> <laughs>